One of the Brothers Grimm's household tales speaks of a boy, a shepherd boy. And this shepherd boy had become known far and wide for his wisdom because he was able to give an answer to any question that was put before him. The king heard of this boy, and so he invited it to come to his royal palace. Once the boy was there, the king said, I have an offer for you. I will ask you three questions, and if you are able to answer those three questions, I will welcome you into my household. You will live here in the palace, and I will treat you as my very own son. And so the king put the first two questions to the boy. How many drops of water are there in the ocean? And how many stars are there in the sky? And the boy astounded the king and all those assembled when he was able to give a clever and wise response to these questions without ever actually answering the questions. The shepherd boy, though, did give an answer to the king's third question. How many seconds of time are there in eternity? So the shepherd boy said, in a corner of the kingdom, there is a mountain of diamond that is two and a half miles wide, two and a half miles high, and two and a half miles deep. Every 100 years, a little bird comes and sharpens its beak on that mountain. And once the entire mountain has been reduced to dust, then the first second of eternity will have passed. Now, you might think that is an amazingly long amount of time. But if you, like me, are a current follower of Doctor Who, you might be thinking what I did. That is an amazingly persistent bird. It'd just be easier to give up. A huge undertaking such as whittling down a mountain requires a huge investment of time and effort. Wrestling with the Lord as Jacob did might seem equally daunting. However, even lesser challenges might feel like a strain on your determination. It'd be easier to give up than to keep trying to rebuild homes after floods and hurricanes. It'd be easier to give up than to keep working to listen to people who disagree with you when it comes to your politics or your faith. It'd be easier to give up than to keep meeting injustice with persistent calls for vindication and reconciliation. How persistent are you? It's hard enough to be persistent in eating right and getting enough exercise for most adults. And when it comes to other tasks like learning a new language or advancing your career, even more time and effort are involved if you actually want to see results. Should your life turn sideways, should all of your plans be derailed, it's not as if anything is going to go back to the way that it should be, the way you'd hoped, without a whole lot of persistence. It'd be easier to give up, to walk away, than to face what might be an eternity of trying to restore your life to what it should be. You've heard that parable that Jesus told his disciples about 
the widow and the unrighteous judge. This is a man who neither feared God nor respected men. He didn't care what anybody thought about him. He didn't see that it was worth his time to live according to his creator's design for life. So, when this widow comes seeking vindication against some injustice, someone who doesn't have anyone to speak up for her, someone who has no authority or standing in society, why should he care what she has to say? Why should he listen to her plea, much less do anything about it? So he doesn't. But she comes back. And she comes back. And she comes back. Like the little bird sharpening its beak on the diamond mountain, the widow beats him down with her persistence. It'd be easier to give up and abandon all hope. But the widow has no one else to whom she can turn for vindication. The unrighteous judge is the only one who's going to be able to deliver the justice that she seeks. Now, if this parable from Jesus were merely about being persistent in how you should relate to the world around you, well, that's pretty discouraging. But that's not what Jesus is telling his disciples. Take a look there and see Luke's introduction to this parable, to this story that Jesus tells. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. In this parable of the widow and the unrighteous judge, Jesus is teaching us the importance of persistence in our prayer. Like the widow, you and I live in a broken world that knows the sting of injustice. We see it on the news. We see it in the lives of the people around us, even in our own experience. But when we go to seek vindication, unlike the widow, we are not stuck with having to go to the unrighteous judge to plead our case, to seek out what is needed. Jesus wants you to bring your concern to your Father in heaven because he loves you. Unlike the unrighteous judge, God cares about your welfare. God wants to hear from you. He has commanded it. We are to be in conversation with him in prayer, to be engaging him in his word. Go to God in persistent prayer because it doesn't matter who you are in society. It doesn't matter what standing you have before your fellow men. And when you go to God in prayer, it's not like you have to do that trying to wear him down with your repeated petitions. Persistent prayer isn't about that. Because if that were the case, if it were a matter of you trying to wear down God's resolve, you would be worse off than the widow. But you can go to God in persistent prayer because his attitude is the exact opposite of that of the unrighteous judge. Like a loving father who stands ready to help his child in need, God wants to hear your prayer. In his compassion and in his mercy, 
He gives the faith that we need. He has the faith that we need to be able to cling to his promises. The faith that trusts that when we offer our prayers, he is willing and able to respond. Because we need that faith. Like the disciples, we don't always see God answering our prayers. Even when he does. Our Father in heaven always hears his people's prayer and answers it. And although you might think that yes is the only answer that God could give that would show that he has heard your prayer, that's not the case. Sometimes God might give you a no. We might unknowingly be praying for things that are bad for us. And as a loving father, he is never going to give his children a harmful gift. But God might also give an answer of wait or yes, but not in the way that you expect. And those are answers which might cause us to doubt, even to despair. Have you come to God in prayer only to become discouraged when it seemed like nothing changed? Well, remember why it is that Jesus tells this parable to his disciples. You and I are called to be persistent in our prayer, not growing weary and losing hope. Persistence just keeps going back at it. Come to God in prayer today, tomorrow, the next week, the next year, and look ahead in confident hope because God will vindicate his elect. With Jesus' own death waiting in the near future, as he tells his disciples this parable, Jesus himself shows that God's vindication would come quickly because he went to the cross carrying our weakness, carrying our unfaithfulness, and he put them to death. And then on the third day, he was vindicated. In the resurrection, God showed that his son, took our place, the innocent one who is now raised to life for us. In Jesus' death and resurrection, you have your vindication too. Because joined with his death and resurrection, the redeemed people of God in Christ, the elect, sin, death, and the devil have no claim on your future. Last weekend, we launched our focus on Christian stewardship with the celebration of our congregation's 60th anniversary. We considered the first of our four words on stewardship, whole life stewardship, thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a, a great place to begin. Everything in true stewardship has to start with thanksgiving because Properly speaking, a steward knows what he has and where it comes from. God has given his gifts into our care to be used as he would have them used. In each and every new day, we receive those gifts. Thanksgiving shifts your focus. It keeps you from thinking of yourself as an owner and instead lets you see the gifts and the giver of the gifts. It frees you 
by driving home the truth that everything that is under your management, everything that has been entrusted to your care comes from God and it's still His. And if you heard last week's message, you might recall that these four words on stewardship move us forwards on stewardship. That's why we're talking about it now. As you and I look ahead in the confident hope that comes from faith, we are called to live in stewardship that persists. Christian stewardship keeps on going, even when it would be easier to give up and walk away. As we follow Jesus through life, we exercise that persistent stewardship by intentionally managing what God has entrusted to us, the big things and the little things alike, with a vision for the future. As Paul encouraged Timothy to do then, we persistently engage God in his word as we look ahead, as God guides us in his way. And Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. As you look ahead into the future with the confidence that God hears your prayer and answers it, what persistent prayer needs to be offered in your life? How are you being called to persistently serve as a steward with what God has entrusted to your care? Now, if the answers to those questions have you feeling a little bit like that bird on the Diamond Mountain, take heart. Because while it might seem like your vindication is an amazingly long, long way away, you have an amazingly persistent Savior. And you are his elect. You are his people. And he persists for you. Amen.